Right now, I am joined by Emma um, Leon. Sorry, Lyons. Lyons. Yeah, yep. uh, PhD <laughs> candidate from the Department of English and Literature, and also I am joined by Associate Professor Craig Marshall from the Department of Biochemistry. Morena, to you both. Morena. How are we today? Very good. Very well. I haven't seen you for a while, Craig. You haven't been at the quiz. I have not. I've been travelling and then I have children to look after. Oh, yeah. Uh, Good shame. Yeah. Uh, uh, I run a quiz night. Craig comes to the quiz. Oh, at the dog. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, yeah. There's, oh, everybody knows. Oh, this is great. Um, all right. Well, um, so we're, we're going to be talking about um, a couple, from, from your respective um, departments, uh, a couple of Nobel Prizes. Well, one which was given, one that wasn't, uh, because there was a talk uh, tonight inside the Nobel uh, where five different uh, academics will be talking about the prizes given in their respective fields um, and I guess we'll uh, to start with you Amir um, you're talking about the Nobel Prize for Literature yes. that was not given this year yes. um, why? I mean I guess that's the first question isn't it? Well it's um, it was the first time since 1949 and usually it's not given because of war or other political disrupt but this year it wasn't given because um, of Jean-Claude Arnaud who is the husband of Academy member Katharina Frostenson and she's a prominent poet in Sweden and um, Arnaud was accused of sexual assault and also of releasing the names of at least seven Nobel Prize winners before um, the prize was given out and hmm. so he released them like to you know like bookies and stuff so that they, they could manipulate the the odds wow <laughs> yeah yeah and also the Nobel was funding money into a cultural forum run by Frostenson and Arno, and that um, is against their own rules mm. yeah so and he was jailed on the 1st of October so I guess a lot of this because he is just connected to it through his yeah, wife yeah. but I guess his wife has, has been giving him whatever information there is talking about it uh, exactly. freely in the household and he's been using that information uh, yeah. because I guess in a way there could be some argument to say that um, you know he's not really he's indirectly directed uh, um, connected with it so yeah. why is that affecting it but you've had I guess fallout uh, within the, the the committee or um, the, the panel um, some have left yeah Yep. Yeah, Katarina uh, had to, like, obviously had to... She had to leave. Leave, yeah. A and a few others have left. Uh, yeah. I don't know for what reason, in protest of her leaving or in protest of what has actually happened. Um, so it's an interesting one. What, what has it done within that particular prize committee and um, the, the, the literature part of the Nobel Prize? What is, uh, has, do you think it's lessened it in any way that it hasn't been given? Do you think that... Um, they've done a good job at minimising the damage and the right the right job um, for legitimising what has happened. Well, they've decided to give out two prizes next year um, to disband this year. Um, I think, and what came out of it was this other um, committee called the New Academy Prize. Mm. And so they've awarded a prize and they also made sure that there was a gender balance on the shortlist and um, um, Marie Condi who's a Guadalupean writer she won it this year and it's just a one-off prize they I think they're just banding today yeah and um, 
so that was good but I think like at the beginning I thought to myself oh you know why does the literature community have to suffer but then that felt like such terrible thinking it was like why did these 18 women yes. lost mm. have to suffer in the first place yeah and like why does it matter that someone won't get the nobel prize for literature this year usually it's like some obscure person like nobody knows <laughs> yeah, like, you know. it's not the best seller is it <laughs> yeah. you know usually like michael Crichton, like, you know yeah. it's not like yeah ian regular or something but like you know it's just like yeah somebody quite it's usually somebody quite up yeah or yeah or yeah like and and because as well it goes across a range of languages we have such a western centric way of thinking of course you know like Marie Condé writes in French and so we're not going to be able to read her literature so in a certain way you kind of discredit it in your own mind you know you're mm. like oh you know I can't read it so it's obviously not as good as Herky Murakami who yeah. I can read <laughs> um, okay so does that mean that she's not in the running for next year Right, yeah, that's a good that's question. That's something I thought about. Well, I, I don't know. I like because it, No, because it's not the Nobel. It's yeah. just a new one, so it shouldn't discount her from being um, in the running for next year. And like there was four on the shortlist, and Hiroki Murakami was one of them, and he pulled out. He pulled, yeah. Yeah, um, so he can be in the running for next year. But that's also like quite a lot of privilege to be able to pull out of a prize that has... Um, you know, a monetary fund, like mm. to be able to say, hey, I, you know, I don't really need it. But also, it might have been part of him that thought, you know, one of the women should win, I should pull out. Yeah. And that makes me think, like, Neil Gaiman should have pulled out. <laughs> <laughs> Neil? What's yeah. Neil up to? This is point the finger at Neil Gaiman, that <laughs> yeah, yeah, the yeah. enemy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> why did you say it? Yeah. Greedy, that's why. Yeah. He's greedy. And then he didn't win. It yeah. There. Yeah. Oh. So, um,. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I mean, the, the prize, the, the new, it's, it's it's interesting with this new Academy Prize because I guess mm. it's unprecedented. Um, does does it come along with the same, um, like with the, the same monetary fund and, and everything that goes with what you would have got for the Nobel, or is it a lesser prize yeah. because you are going to be in the running the, the next year? And be. then does that definitely make her the front runner? And essentially, she's already sewn it up. I don't think it would make it is a less monetary prize, but I don't think it would make her the front runner. I suppose people would be like, okay, she's already won, so perhaps she might not even be considered. You know, like yeah, and it's a different so academy, that, yeah. like with each one or committee. Because she's not even considered because she's won this one. She's mm. missed out on her chance of winning the Nobel Prize. And maybe that was Ricky Murakami's thing. He was probably like, oh, I don't want to win this and then not win the Nobel. Yeah, perhaps. Because he's been shortlisted a number of times or mm. like, or he's been spoken about. Probably your, like Arno leaked his name and then he was taken off the list. Yeah. yeah but so the guy that stayed in the running, he was just like, I just need cash. Yeah. So exactly. maybe I'll just try to win this. <laughs> and like, that's fair enough. I mean, you don't make any money from writing. So. Yeah like one of the best ways to make money is prizes well it seems like it's all advances in the, the literature world and oh. you're just having to pay it back all the time anyway <laughs> or the fancy ones they yeah, get yeah. Advanced, if you're Lena Dunham oh, I just watched a film last night where they were getting advances um, that one about um, Colette oh yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, it was great. Oh, good. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> She's wonderful. Um, okay, so yeah, going back to, to, I guess, what's happened. I mean, what, how was the literature world, how have they reacted to all of this, um, you know, um, to, to what's happened? How is, is you, as, as someone within that world, what are your initial thoughts on everything that's happened? I think it's always really sad that the initial thoughts 
when abuse happens in any institution is how to protect the institution. The institution. Yeah. yeah, and that's exactly what happened with this. You know, they were like, we need to disband this year so we can keep credibility and... That's always the way. I mean, you hear about um, the sexual abuse um, forum that's here in the university. They talk about the exact same thing, yeah. how the university tries to save itself and institutions will always do that. Yeah. And like, and I think that's the most disappointing thing um, personally, like that it just, and then they, they put in a new secretary, Danius, a woman, and then she seemed to have to take the fall for everything and eventually had to pull out. And a lot of people in Sweden, in the literary community, were really outraged by that. They were like, this woman who was just put into a position of power because everything fell apart is now like being used as a scapegoat. Mm -hmm. And so the same kind of thing happens over and over. And I think, yeah, the whole thing was really quite disappointing. And when I was researching for tonight's... Um, presentation there was just like no information about the people who had been sexually abused mm. and I think yeah it's just all focused on the scandal you know yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. how it always is within things like this right? exactly yeah, yeah which is which is really sad and it does make me think as well that the whole Bob Dylan thing was a pure act of deference you know that they put that they chose Bob Dylan so that people would be talking about that and it would detract because this, the, everything that was happening in the academy started in 2016. You know, like it's been happening yeah. for a while and it's just unfolded. And so I think that that was a very sneaky way of detracting people's attention by being like, oh, look, Bob Dylan. And people were like divided over that. Yeah. And th that became a talking point rather than the issues within the academy itself. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and do you think maybe the, the same could be said for the gender balance for that new prize? You know, yeah. is, it, is it just tokenism as well? I know, like it's such a divided thought about um, positive discrimination, and personally, mm. I think we have we're in twenty eighteen and we still don't have equality in any institution in the world. Then we need it. We need positive discrimination, even if it seems like counterproductive. If we didn't need it, we would have equal yeah. balance. Yeah, yeah. So I think at least for a certain number of years, it should be, uh, yeah, across the board uh -huh. until it becomes more of an even playing field. All right. Um, we don't want to give too much away because you've been talking about this all night. Oh, uh, yeah, we're yeah. Not all no, night. I mean, you've been yeah, 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 yeah. I think we'll probably just just discuss everything. <laughs> uh, but let's move on to associate. Uh, Professor Craig Marshall from the Department of um, Biochemistry, and I guess in a way there's a gender balance in this prize because it was two, uh, was given away, given to two projects, uh, um, one um, from uh, an amazing woman, Frances Arnold, yeah. uh, who has just done some wonderful things, and then you had the, um, so she had half the prize, and then you had um, two men, uh, Sir Geoffrey Winter uh, from Cambridge and George Smith. Gregory uh, Winter. Greg, oh, Greg, oh, sorry, yeah, sorry. Gregory Winter and George uh, Smith of uh, the University of Missouri. Um, but both of these two projects, they kind of share the same principle, yeah. genetic change and selection. That's right. So, I mean, I guess Frances Arnold, I think, was the fourth woman to have been awarded a, a prize in chemistry. I mm -hmm. One of the first might have been one of the Curies. Yeah, but. Yeah. What would be good was if we didn't need to talk about that because mm. it was just not something that was of, of significance. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but anyway. But in terms of what they actually did, um, 
So they they found a way of addressing a really big problem, what is a really big biological problem. And what they did was find a way of making changes to proteins so that you can alter the way that they function. And that that has had really quite profound effects. So you can you can now, in a perp- sort of more or less purposeful way, change the way that proteins function. So you mm. can get new functions. You can make enzymes that produce new new compounds. So a lot of work, for example, here is being done in making renewable fuels, taking waste materials and converting them into things like hydrogen. Yeah. So taking something that might do the job that can be found naturally, and then found finding ways of changing those so that they do the job that you want them to yeah so it's no longer a natural function if you like yeah um but the bigger the bigger question is 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 it it also tells us something about the way that proteins fold and that's a really big biological problem or a big scientific problem so if you can imagine proteins as being like a lego set and there are around 20 different colors and shaped pieces and you can join these lego pieces together you can pretty much join them in any order. Mm-hmm. The The thing about that, though, is when you've joined them up and then you put them in water, they fold into a characteristic shape. And all the ones with one particular sequence fold into a shape, and ones with different sequences fold into a different shape. And the question for us is, what are the rules yeah. that make that happen? And the answer is that we don't know. So what Arnold and Smith and Winter were able to do was to say, well, we don't know those rules, but we can still do something useful here. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you can use them in a way that you want to use them, but you just can't get them to do maybe new things that that shape couldn't do before. Um, Well, what's surprising is that once you've got the shape, you can do almost anything. So some proteins do catalyze reactions, bind substrates, form structural elements. They will have the same basic shape. So there's a sort of second layer of difficulty is that now you've got the shape, how do you specify the function? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, could you... Uh, I mean, there's big things that can be done within pharmaceuticals, but could you do this directly to the body? And could you send enzymes out within the bloodstream and to, well, to, to attack certain diseases or to yeah, so repair that, certain things? Yeah, so that kind of thing is done where... Um, particularly antibodies for example you can manufacture antibodies that are directed towards the things that you want them to so instead of relying on the natural production of antibodies which is not always complete or sometimes attacks yourself yeah, the autoimmune mm. diseases. Yes. Um, now you can make antibodies with very specific functions, and so there's so the techniques that these three and others pioneered are widely used for drugs, for example, for therapies. So you get what you want, because one of the problems with doing natural things is you often get un- unexpected consequences. So the thing that you get does does the thing that you want it to but it turns out it does something else as well yeah, yeah. and you only find that out <laughs> it's like introduced species yeah, you yeah, know? Well, exactly oh go- that gorse looks beautiful let's use it for hedges <laughs> in new zealand yes. and then it's everywhere yes that's right yeah yes, because you i mean because uh, i guess the climate's different in, in every way and that yeah. affects things as well right because so it's that's still it's kind of those you can there's, there's there's the known unknowns where you can sort of think about that and then there's the unknown unknowns which are the ones that are really problematic yeah yeah um now Frances arnold she pioneered um direct uh, evolution teams yeah over, so right? she i mean there are papers that go back to the 1970s where people realized that you could effectively take the gene for a protein you could fragment it then you could reassemble it in a way that meant it introduced errors is that and crispr no, no, techniques? it was well before that. This yeah. was just p- PCR. Um, but 
what they found was that a subset of those reassembled, it's kind of like pulling the Lego apart and almost randomly reassembling bits of it and then finding that some of the bits that you reassembled were actually useful. Yeah. And the tricky thing, and that was what Winter and Smith did in particular, was to say that, all right, we've made 10 million new variants. A hundred of these are, are, are potentially useful, but it's very hard to find that 110 million. So they developed strategies which allowed you to select maybe 90 of those hundred of, of the hundred um, quickly and efficiently. And, f- and Arnold was really, really smart about making limited changes and then going through sequential steps, picking out what looked like promising candidates and then taking them on to the next, the, the next step. Mm-hmm. So I mean, what uh, this is just the beginning, right, of this kind of thing. Um, like you said, yeah. there's been talk about it since the seventies, with yeah. um, you know, theories and, and the like. But it, it's it's a, it's a kind of a new frontier. What can we kind of really expect from this stuff in the next twenty, thirty years? Well, in 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 my field, for example, most of the enzymes that we buy. So this is a limited field, but most of the enzymes that we buy to do biochemical things in the lab have been engineered yeah. to in, in this way so that they do exactly what we want them to do and we, they do it better and then they don't do these other things. Um, in one of the prizes that was talked about looked at um, immunological interest, so the medicine prize looked at immunolo- using immunology to, uh, to attack yeah. diseases, cancers and so forth. Well, these are the tools that you use to generate those antibodies mm-hmm. or you can use to generate those antibodies. So again, if you've got, say, a leukemia or something like that, you can, with a, a set of cells that have expanded that are not doing what they should be doing, they will have some unique characteristics that set them apart from all your other cells. If you can design an antibody that will attack those cells and only those cells, mm. then you can selectively get rid of them. Yeah. Without, whereas chemotherapy, for example, typically targets all cells, all cells to some yeah. extent. Yeah. Um, and so is limited. Is it happening now? Yeah, yeah, there are some. There are a number of, particularly leukemias, because they make them very easy to work on, but there are some solid tumours that, uh, that are also now accessible this way. Yeah. It's expensive, though, at this stage. Yeah. So. yeah. Why? That's well, <laughs> partly it's because each one, each case is, the, is unique. Yeah. So the le- although the leukemia or the whatever looks similar, the patient will have a specifically different thing. So well, the drug that you develop for one person won't work right, for right. another. Okay. The technique you use can be recycled, but the drug itself probably will have to be unique. Yeah, because oh, we're all unique. We are, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So everything yeah. is so... Yeah. But, of course, with these things, as you do it and you get better at it, it gets cheaper. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then someone will buy it and then it'll be expensive forever. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, that's a... That's a different. There, I mean, to be fair to the drug companies, there are significant regulatory things as well. Um, there are a lot of drugs that look like they're really promising, but when you actually use them in humans, they do things that are not. Well, really we all remember London. Yes. Uh, we all remember London. Yeah, yeah. Those poor, poor people. If, yeah. Well, if you don't remember, those people that took the anti-inflammatory drugs and yes. did exactly the opposite thing. Yes, that's right. And of course, the the. the, the poster child for that is thalidomide which yeah. did do some things oh. extremely well yes. and is still used for that but did some other things very very that's s- right very bad mm. that's right all right so uh, inside the nobel is tonight at the hutton theater at 5 30 p.m so you two will be speaking uh, but we've also got um dr mikhail anderson from the department of physics 
uh, Dr. Rachel Rafferty, Rafferty uh, from the Department of, sorry, the National Centre for Peace and Conflict Studies. Um, and then we have a professor from the Department of Pathology as well. Uh, and that medicine um, one was really, really interesting. And yeah. I love the fact that it comes away from the yeah. from your from the chemistry one as well. That's right. They're yeah. all, we're all connected. You're all, yeah, exactly. And then someone will write about it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we would like to think so. <laughs> Could be a crime caper. Oh, and they changed the enzyme to <laughs> some hideous crime. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, thank you both for coming in this morning. It's been a pleasure. It's been thank a pleasure you. too.